This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. Really, Coach Hall kind of today, too. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, we are, of course, in the piney woods of north-central Florida, God's country. Beautiful day today. We are in the Melton Law studio. Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators, and we're protected 24-7, 365, as you know, by crime prevention with John Pastore and Randy Elrad. And we got these great sponsors who line up behind us who help us bring you a community forum, really, we have all sorts of subjects we talk about. We try to make it educational and entertaining for you. Shoot GTR supports us. If you want to go practice your range skills, hey, they had a microburst out there yesterday. It was a big storm hit Gainesville, evidently. I say it was probably a little tornado, but uh, they posted some pictures of that. Boy, I'm glad we didn't get it here. Style Cuts is a place to get your ears set out, as my father used to say, or get yourself policed up, get yourself a good haircut. And you'll see the rest of them on the spot cleaners and all roll by our screen on our construction. And we'll talk about them a little bit more. Allstate, Judy Locasio. You know, uh, once upon a time, and I've worn many hats, you get old in this world and look back at what you've done. And quite frequently, you realize you've done a lot of things. Um, one of the things I did, and I'm still called this uh, by people who knew me then, that I actually taught uh, on the field was coach. And um, that's how I kind of got the word Coach Hogg. Uh, Steve Spurrier has something to do with that. He and George Grandy calling me the Warthog. And then Coach Hogg picking it up uh, with uh, the staff I was on. Everybody kind of had a name. And it all made us part of a group. And there were really, really intense years. Anytime you're involved with a team and you're trying to uh, build a team from inside out, character, community, the whole bit, you are thoroughly involved in all aspects of young people's lives. And you will forever be remembered by them as one of the most influential people in their lives. I have been watching what I call a resurgence, at least for me, of high school football, which was where I coached. And I got to tell you, I've grown increasingly interested in and admire of the Hawthorne Hornets. And the reason I like the Hawthorne Hornets is because of Cornelius Ingram. I think that young man whom I watched, one, he played basketball and football here. Tremendous athlete. I think if he hadn't torn up his knee, he'd have been in the pros, a big time career. But I've watched him. I was right on the uh, uh, floor then of the basketball games and Cornelius was on the basketball team. Very versatile athlete. And now he's become a tremendous influence in Hawthorne. And, you know, Hawthorne, we joke about it. I hope nobody slams me for this. 
It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. It's way over on the east side of the county, almost a forgotten element. Sid Martin, Big Sid, reigned from there, one of the most influential politicians in the history of the state of Florida. And, of course, his son, uh, sons and family are from there. John Martin and Sid Jr. was there. So now we have Matt Surrency. Surrency's a family in Hawthorne also. It goes way back. I once upon a time had Matt Surrency's uh, grandmother in class at Santa Fe, Betty Surrency. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Now we come to 2023. And I've been watching Matt as he has been showing the Hawthorne Hornets Friday Night Live on Facebook, which is really a trip back in time in a way to the quaint community involvement of the local people with their local young people. And I got to say that I've been looking in on that. And so today on our kind of odds and ends Friday, we have the phone line open. You can call and ask us. I'm going to ask Matt, my guest today, Matt Surrency, to just talk about Hawthorne and all of the things that are happening there and focusing around this community, which now has a lot of support for this team. Matt, welcome to the Ward Scott Files. What's up, my man? Thanks, Ward. Thanks for having me and uh, appreciate you inviting me on to talk about Hawthorne and uh, all the great things going on uh, at the school and uh, on the field and off the field. And uh, it truly is uh, uh, fun to watch, especially with uh, CI uh, having come back to the school a few years ago. Uh, I remember whenever he was first hired and uh, my aunt was actually the principal at the time and said, what do you think about bringing CI back? You think he'd be a, a good fit? And I said, of course, if you can get, get him to take it, it'd be awesome. Uh, but I got to watch him. Uh, I was actually the the announcer whenever he was playing. And so got to watch him and his brothers play. And so uh, we tried to get him to play a little baseball, but he uh, he, he was more on the uh, track and football and basketball, which uh, rightfully so uh, he was there. Uh, but right now, just the resurgence and what's going on in the community, uh, what CI is doing with the football program and his coaches. And he's also having a lot of these guys that he played with coming back and being part of his staff. And so he's really got a, large uh, following, uh, large reach, um, and he's able to do um, and have the impact that others probably wouldn't in another place. Uh, just because he's from here, he's able to get the buy-in. He's able to now get kids to stay in Hawthorne instead of going to other places. Uh, so it's been, it's been good to see, and, uh, and especially the, the byproduct of what happens in the classroom and in the community, helping these young men um, – you know, succeed on and off the field and then go on also into uh, college and have success there as well, too. I can't believe you're that old, Matt. Really <laughs> uh, that you actually were the announcer when he was a kid. Um, yes, sir. Oh, well, that's what happens, isn't it? Um, yes, what was he like around there? He was a good athlete then, right? Oh, yeah, he was a good He was a great athlete then. And I even shared the other day a, a old roster that I had. Uh, I was digging through some papers trying to find some old baseball field pictures from our renovations whenever I was coaching back then. And I uh, came across a roster that I used for uh, announcing a game. And, you know, they were they were pretty stacked. They have a lot of a lot of familiar names on there, several different uh, D1 prospects. It was neat because we even had kids from uh, during his recruiting process. We would have uh, Duke here for basketball. We would have um, Kentucky. We would have 
all these different people would uh, come around to try and recruit him, and they didn't know if he was going football or basketball or both. And uh, Ron Zook actually came to the awards ceremony uh, that we had for the end of the year. And uh, even during basketball season, you'd get some of the rowdy reptiles showing up trying to recruit him and uh, a few of the other guys with the Baker boys and all that, and Rashad Jackson and several other guys. Well, that, who was the basketball coach then? I can't remember. Was it Lon? Uh, what's that? Who was the basketball coach at Florida then? I don't remember. Uh, I, I forget. <laughs> I forget who it well, was. Well, we should have recently. Somebody yeah. will know and tell us. I think it was Donovan. Yeah. Yeah, it might have been Billy. I think it was Billy Donovan. Yeah. It was. I believe it was. Well, uh, uh, what is the – how has it built? You know, it started out of one of these, what, one in 11 teams? Uh, can you take us from uh, zero to 100 here? Sure, yeah. So, we, uh, you know, we had success during whenever CI was uh, playing, and then we had some good good teams come through that just couldn't get traction uh, after uh, he had graduated and gone on to college. Uh, and so we had still some good quality players, but we just didn't have the the total program built. Uh, we even made the playoffs. Um, Coach uh, Ronnie Pruitt actually came through and uh, took us deep into the playoffs. But some of the used to be the format was we would play the first. Uh, you know, our goal was just to get to the playoffs because after the first game of the playoffs, we'd play North Florida Christian and get beat like crazy because they were a big powerhouse at the time. Uh, even back to CI's days, but now, now that he's a coach and we've changed the format a little bit, that uh, even Coach Johnson back in the days that uh, was coaching at Hawthorne, we were arguing for that. You know, our rural schools are different than uh, these big private schools that are basically like small colleges. So we should be competing against our light light teams, and so it's really helped us out, helped us build a program. Uh, and then we got a lot of community buy-in, even going back to when the school was about to be shut down. It got a lot of alumni back involved and wanting to be uh, engaged in the school, uh, build the ag program and other programs that are involved. And so we now have a whole lot more people engaged in the process and wanting to build a total program. And that's really helped on the field and off the field uh, with CI building the program like it is now. Well, you make some interesting points there that we can maybe talk about so people understand how Florida High School Athletic Association, which I think is still the name it was when right. I was around, um, divvies up these schools. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So there used to be a 1A through uh, really like a 6A, 7A, 8A uh, type frame, and it changed a uh, little bit classifications here and there. But 1A was kind of all-inclusive. I mean, you would have uh, all these teams from uh, South Florida. Uh, You'd have – I remember whenever I was playing uh, baseball in the uh, mid-'90s, we had uh, Trinity Christian. We had uh, uh, St. Augustine, St. Joe, Daytona Beach Father Lopez, all in our classification in in baseball at that time. They were 1, 2, and 3 in the state. And here we are, the fourth team in the district. And the way districts worked back then, you played against each other and the top two teams went on the playoffs. Even though they were the top three in the state, only the top two from our district went to the playoffs. So we kind of got gypped a little bit in the way that uh, the districts were set up then. Now it's by a point system and through max preps, they keep up with it. And it's, you know, everything's going to have its flaws and some, there's always going to be uh, an exception to the rule, but 
right now what it's doing is it's incentivizing people to play each other, play out of district, play uh, teams that are in other classifications that have made playoffs. And so you get certain points. And so even if you look at a team like Pahokee that goes like three and six in the regular season, just because there's no other small schools down in South Florida, um, they they get to make the playoffs because their strength of schedule and their point system. So it's a it's a I think it's a better way of doing it. Uh, now we have the one R, so rural. Uh, we have the metro, and then we have the suburban uh, classifications, and that goes through one through uh, five. Um, I believe is the top out, um, but that's the different ways they classify them now, so that you're playing similar teams to yourself. Well, talk about tonight's game then, because PK Young, I would think, is a is a suburban school, urban or city, if you will. Uh, right. And what you've got awful. Now, is that uh, is that a league uh, game tonight? Uh, it's it's a non district game, uh, but we're playing against uh, uh, PK. Um, they they you know are going through a rebuilding process themselves, and it's good to see Willie Jackson back involved over there. He coached at Hawthorne for a little bit. And um, his son, uh, Khalil, actually played quarterback for us um, and is now playing at Florida. But uh, Willie, we had a JV game last night where uh, we played against him. And then he's he's got a lot of good things going on at PK Young as well, too, with uh, middle school ball. And uh, so it's good to see these smaller schools like PK and Hawthorne starting to develop their programs a little more and having some buy-in from uh, big-time guys like Willie and uh, CI. Uh, but tonight's game, you know, Hawthorne is, of course, 4-0. PK is 2-1. Um, CI, he never goes into a game um, taking anything for granted. He has a lot of good coach talk, and we have those uh, weekly coaches shows that we do on Facebook as well, too. Uh, but he gets into talking about it, and it's on YouTube as well. Uh, but this this past time, he got to talking about it that, you know, we have kind of the Hawthorne standard, and it's not so much as worrying about who's across the field from us, but about – you know, we're going to show up and we're going to compete. And those guys that are on defense, they're competing against each other about who can get to the tackle first. Uh, so you got a lot of big names uh, over there that are trying to fill in the gaps from the guys that left last year. And um, so they're 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 just as motivated against uh, PK Young as they were against South Sumter or Parker uh, or Newberry or even Middleburg this year. Who is the big rival then for uh, Hawthorne? It gives you fits. Well, it, you know, of course, we played out of conference uh, uh, last week against South Sumter, and that's probably the biggest game on our schedule uh, regular season this year. Uh, South Sumter, the perennial, uh, Earl Everett came from there. Several big names have come from uh, down there in Bushnell. Uh, but they're a Class 2S, and they're probably number two or number three in the state in Class 2S, and we were able to beat them 41-21. And they actually had two two guys that were rushing, averaging over 100 yards apiece that we held to under 50 apiece. Uh, so our defense is really strong, but our normal rivals, I mean, we have, we have Newberry, we have, uh, Union mm-hmm. County, Williston, uh, those guys are going to be in our classification. And then, of course, once we get out of our district, uh, we head up to like Madison County and Baker and all those guys, uh, not, not Baker County, but, uh, Baker, uh, over in the Panhandle. Well, you know, those trips to the Panhandle are long trips. Um, I was just going to get around to asking you about travel. Because um, obviously some of those you're going to have to spend the night, right? Yeah, uh, some of them or take a charter bus and leave early and make a, a decent day of it. You know, kind of the sad thing nowadays, too, is we still have a few teams that are around in our local area for whatever reason they don't want to play against us. 
Um, and it, you know, it's kind of sad because some of these kids have grown up with each other and we have relatives, uh, and you know, I normally think of like interlock in high school, uh, they're like five minutes up the road and it would be beneficial to both teams to be able to play against each other. Um, but for one reason or another, they don't want to schedule us in any, any sports, any athletics. And they actually went to the new conference, uh, the, I think it's called the SSAC sunshine, sunshine state athletic conference. Um, to play there instead of playing in the Florida High School Activities or Athletic Association. So it'd be, it'd be nice if some of these schools would play against us. Uh, that way we can keep down some of the travel. But, you know, after this week, we have a bye week, and then we go down to uh, uh, St. Petersburg to play against uh, uh, Gibbs. So we have some bigger schools that we have to travel to just to be able to fill out our schedule. That's a pretty good jaunt, yeah. Um I remember games why we had to go up to Pensacola, Panama City, and uh, that was a pretty good trip. It was always a great game. They had good teams, and um, but we always uh, one, sometimes we had to go out of state actually, Matt, to find somebody to play. Um, right. We went to South Carolina, um, and uh, that was the days of uh, uh, quite a story to that. That was in the days when we really had the first black quarterback. Eddie McShann, who may be watching, he was watching yesterday. I think he's living in Atlanta now. Eddie was the best athlete to come out here. Probably a lot of people think he still is the best athlete to come out of Palacio County. And um, we went up to South Carolina with him, and uh, we couldn't get touchdown. We scored the stick. They found a penalty, and uh, that was the way it was. So we were in on the groundbreaking days of that. It's wonderful now to see – Cornelius Ingram, or CI, as you all call him, and all of his guys right there in the mix with everybody else. Uh, we were kind of the groundbreakers for that. And it was uh, not easy. It was, um, you know, how it is when you're uh, changing the structure of a culture. And uh, But now um, it's right there, the norm. So uh, I have that in my memory, too, as I uh, look at today's world and today's players and 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 what they're like and and, you know, I, I doubt these kids, of course, know anything about that. They come along in the days when it was a different uh, kind of uh, uh, standard, you know. So I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, talk a little bit, if you can, about what you guys have done with your booster organizations and how those things have been working. <clears throat> well, like in anything uh, nowadays, everything's gotten a lot more expensive, and so uh, there's only so much that the uh, the the school is able to cover as far as cost and uh, asking players to uh, or parents to come out of their pocket and play for all the stuff whenever a helmet nowadays costs $200 uh, or more. Um, just that alone used to be kind of like our fair share. So, so to call so to speak was uh, was for like baseball and football before. Uh, but nowadays, you know, it's, it's a lot more expensive to put a team out there, uniforms, travel, uh, trying to get uh, team meals, just a team meal before a game, feeding feeding the guys is uh, seven hundred dollars. So uh, just to try and feed them and get them ready and kind of start that camaraderie that they have. Um, so and then travel, you know, trying to go down to St. Pete, trying to go to these different places, and then even uh, state championship rings. You know, we this past year had to raise some money uh, to help out with state championship rings, uh, especially to make sure that we recognize those uh, students and um, coaches that were part of the success in, in the team uh, to have something that they remember it by. 
And so that alone, I mean, when you start talking about stuff like that, that's $20,000 just for the rings. So it's a, there's a lot to it. And so what we've started is the Hawthorne Quarterback Club. And uh, there's a lot of people in the background that are working on that that get little to no recognition. And most of them don't don't even want any recognition, but they like just to see the success of the program, the success of the kids, the buy-in around the community, and then all of our little small businesses that are helping out. Um, and e- even outside of Hawthorne, people contributing to it because they like the story. They like the story of CI coming back to Hawthorne, CI getting these people together, uh, building a team around it. A lot of his coaching staff played with him or played at Hawthorne uh, before joining his coaching staff. Uh, matter of fact, his center, Dustin Atkins, um, he's the defense coordinator. And he's out there uh, and he's the athletic director. So it's good to see all these people coming back. And we've had that same involvement in the Hawthorne Quarterback Club. And so, by the way, the cash app is Hawthorne QB Club, if anybody wants to donate to that. But we have different sponsorship availabilities and stuff to be able to help out. And CIs even said, you know what, I'll even go and be part of someone's uh, uh, business meeting, like for their employees or be part of their kids' birthday parties, whatever I need to do. Uh, to be able to get some uh, donations to the program to be able to help um, help offset cost of the program to get the balls that we need, the uh, equipment, the shoulder pads, uh, the uniforms, the travel, uh, to get that stuff to make this program great, he's willing to go out and do those types of things. So it's been fun to see it and fun to see uh, people take the opportunity to do that and even joining in on our broadcast uh, to allow us to do that for uh, the games, people that you know, have been alumni and they're serving our country and serving around the world. And uh, that's kind of how the uh, the idea got started was to give some more publicity to what's going on and get people more engaged, uh, the Hornet Nation, so to speak. You've done an excellent job on that. We're talking with um, Matt Cerency, who actually was the mayor at one time of, of uh, Hawthorne. And we got Ed Braddy on here, who was the mayor of Gainesville. Uh, we've got Rick Reithart, who's a big time uh, former college player or an, and uh, major league player. So uh, we've got people here in the sports world. Uh, let's put that, uh, if we can get that, uh, our production to put that app up, uh, we'll do that at the bottom of the hour or that place where people can contribute and support the team. And um, because we want to help. I'd also like to have uh, CI on the air sometime. We can get people, introduce him to, pe- uh, to people who don't maybe know him. And uh, that might help give you a little bit of a plug. Of course, this is all about community today. And uh, we want to support young people in a positive way. We're going to talk about the spinoff that happens when you have athletic winners on your campus and how that affects the whole school, esprit de corps, academics, the whole bit. Because I know Canutis Ingram is also involved in that aspect of the lives of these players. Is he not, Matt? Yeah, and and that's really, you know, he goes back to he's the development of the uh, student athlete. He's uh, really bought into that. Uh, And I think back to whenever we were going through the school shutdown uh, issue that we were having, the challenge that we were having, uh, they were a big part of it. They were a big part of it. The ag program was another big part of it. But what we had was, you know, typically most people think, oh, you know, athletes, they're just there. Uh, they're not really pulling their weight academically. That is not the case in Hawthorne. In Hawthorne, our our student athletes are you know averaging over a three zero. 
Uh, we have a lot of bright kids, and that's what we do as a quarterback club is to shine a light on that as well, too. And so even on our Facebook page, you can see that we're highlighting what they're doing academically. We're highlighting what they're doing in the community. A lot of them do stuff outside of football. They're real people, and they have lives, and they have passions and dreams that they want to do. It's not it's beyond football, and that's what CI does. He he builds that total character for them, and um, and that's what I enjoy seeing is the development of that him teaching those life lessons about adversity, you know, team sports. I'm, you know, a former coach as well. And I think, you know, some of life's best lessons are taught through team sports, how to get along with people, how to uh, work as a group, how to uh, be able to uh, stand next to people that don't look like you, don't believe like you or don't think like you and still get uh, a mission accomplished. And so he has kids that are bright, uh, kids that are high character, high value kids, uh, one of the the bigger names that graduated last year was Jalen Ruth. He's at Vanderbilt, one of the best schools you can think of as really? far as academically, and he's playing uh, defensive end there uh, for Vanderbilt. Uh, we got really? a kid. We have a kid at Rutgers, a kid at uh, Jackson State. Uh, I mean, we have several all around at different universities that are contributing in a positive manner at Savannah State, uh, even down at Southeastern uh, in Lakeland. So. We got a lot of kids, and then we got kids this year that are committed to places and being looked at by, like, USF, uh, Navy. Uh, Andrew Zock is already committed to the Navy. Um, and so we have high-character kids that go beyond just what people traditionally think of as an uh, athlete out on the field that doesn't pull their weight academically. Uh, our kids are different. And that's been the, the good thing about what CI has done is also kids that have struggled before, kids that maybe – um, you know, they're, um, have had problems in the classroom. Once he gets them involved in, in something like football, they have a reason, a reason to go to school, a reason to believe, a reason to achieve. And he gets them to buy in and then they start making good grades because he holds them accountable. And then he has good, uh, role models that are there in the school, um, uh, with him as he's teaching throughout the day that he has them come to the classroom during lunch and look at film and, just spend that bonding time that uh, he enjoys. So it's uh, it's different in Hawthorne than a lot of places. Uh, our kids are high uh, high value kids, and uh, you'll see that on Friday nights on the field as well, too. Going to Matt Surtz, we're going to take a break for the weather here for a moment. Uh, one of the things we might talk about when we get back is we've alluded to it just uh, slightly is a tremendous influence of agriculture in these rural schools. Uh, which uh very important, I'm sure, in Hawthorne. Um, having been the chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory Committee for Alachua County for 10 years, I was very wary of issues pertaining to a rural life. And um, agriculture is taken for granted in so many places, but it's not taken for granted in these rural schools. And it's a part of the, the home life of many of these people. I mean, Hawthorne was a place always for hunting and fishing, uh, lakes and all that. It was a rural community. And uh, in many ways, it, I hope it stays a rural community uh, because I am kind of biased and partial to the rural life. I think it's most humane. I think it's the base where the networking occurs and you're very close and humbled by nature. So, Tom and Matt Cernsey, um we're going to be back. I'm going to break for the weather here, which is getting a little cooler uh, we're probably moving towards fall, and uh, we'll be right back in a moment. I want to encourage you to put a question in the chat or to call us 
on the phone, and we'll certainly cover the basis for you. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather in just a moment. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Attention all Gator fans, Meldon Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before. Two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Meldon Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott Files with Ward's Weather Report. Brought to you by Lewis Oil. By golly, fossil fuel, fill up. Well, it's getting cooler, but the big thing we're moving into now is the fall allergy season. And around where we are in the piney woods of north central Florida, you can imagine pine pollen. Uh, you'll see it. It'll start getting around and you'll sneeze it. Uh, it'll affect you. Uh, we also got ragweed. Uh, we are here in a climate that does have falling leaves. So you're going to be in the midst of this 
Uh, we don't generally have a frost uh, in October, or maybe we could get one, but until then, uh, you'll have to govern yourself accordingly and carry that handkerchief. That's um, could be um, weed pollen levels high, so be careful. We're talking with Matt Cernsey today from Hawthorne, former mayor of Hawthorne, um, and currently very involved, of course, in uh, announcing games for the Hawthorne Hornets and caught my attention because it is Friday night football, Friday night lights. And it's interesting to know how these rural schools uh, and the smaller towns have built their community support of their young people. And we have many of schools, but Hawthorne's different. It's all kind of over by itself on the east side of the county. Uh, of course, we have Santa Fe High. We have Newberry. Uh, Newberry's clear on the other side of the county. Uh, but over there on the east side, there are actually people who want to travel there to see the games and even kids who want to come there to play there. Is that right, Matt? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it goes to the uh, magnet program that we have at the uh, ag uh, but also the, um, the, the, the culture that we've built as far as being a family type environment and the, the rural, uh, country type, um, uh, environment that we have, community that we have, uh, values, um, you know, people, uh, values relationships, uh, values developing the whole person, like what, uh, CI is doing on the field. So, uh, it's a special place and a lot of people are wanting to be a part of it. Let's talk about the ag component. We were going to do that and how important that's been to the community. Sure. And so we, uh, you know, for about a decade, we didn't have an ag program. And so actually right whenever we were facing our school closure, that ag program actually started back up. And, um, you know, in the education world, uh, just having a reason for people to come to school, a reason to motivate people uh, to uh, excel education wise um, is a lot of the reason why you have sports and you have uh, extracurricular activities like band or arts or um, any any other types of uh, club as well, too. And ag just happens to be one of those components and trying to find, you know, those those students that aren't aren't being uh, reached and give them a reason to come to school. Uh, and to be successful at it and to find something that they're passionate about. So uh, we have kids now that have graduated and uh, have got their certifications uh, and have completed the entire program now in our seventh year as uh, as a uh, ag program uh, there at the school. And so it's grown tremendously from just a you know a couple dozen kids uh, to now at the Lodge County Youth Fair we we bring uh, about a third of the participants. So um, it's it's been neat to see a lot of cows, a lot of pigs, a lot of chickens. Stuff that I didn't do whenever I was uh, a student just because I, I was a baseball guy in, uh, and in band. Uh, but this is something that I've learned because my kids have been involved in it. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting that uh, um, you you uh, have that as a kind of a floor for the academic world there. Uh, that involves a total person. You start taking care of a calf to cow and uh, you've got yourself a, a relationship. And it's sad sometimes you've got to see that animal depart your life. But that's a lesson, too. That's a life lesson as well. So uh, we see that a, a quite a bit. 
And by the way, the calf prices right now are very, very high. Uh, just got $2.75 a pound or a 375 pound calf, um, bull calf. So, of course, on the other end, you have to spend it on the increased price for diesel fuel and, and stuff to bring that calf to market. So it's, it's, it, it, there's a lot of economic lessons in agriculture. It's not just about, you know, taking care of the, the living, breathing animal and, and, and feeding it and all that. It's about the economics of it. And, uh, when we have rural schools that are supporting agriculture and teaching those lessons, we're clinging to a, a core American part of life. You know, I mean, that's, that's disappearing. That's difficult to get a hold of. Um, I suppose the, the, the technical world also exists there, uh, in the rural community. Talk a little bit about what you've had to do there for the longest time. We couldn't get internet to the rural communities. Um, that was one of the places where there was a real deficiency for kids. Yeah. And I, I joke all the time. It was funny, uh, uh, kind of in a sideways bit of humor that, uh, you know, whenever I first started as mayor in Hawthorne, uh, for the elementary school, we, uh, we, we were awarded a grant to get some, uh, laptops and, uh, and, and tablets. And it was nice and all, but the kids couldn't use it. The idea was that they could do their homework, but we didn't have a connection. So the kids couldn't even connect. So it was like pointless that we even got them. Um, but now we're starting to make inroads meet. Uh, we're starting to get some. We still have a gap that we need to fill because the speeds are different. And then even outside of just since our zone is the biggest school zone that that is in Alachua County, the entire east side of the county is basically zoned to Hawthorne. And so... Um, what we have is uh, a gap in those uh, rural unincorporated areas that aren't being uh, met. So when kids have to go home and they have to do their uh, studies, uh, they're not able to do their homework sometimes. So uh, that's that's a big need still uh, to find uh, a way to uh, get rid of that digital divide uh, that exists. Even in some of our urban areas, there's there's places and yeah, people will know uh, when you're trying to travel and you go different places and you lose a cell service, how, you know, hopeless you feel and you're in the middle of town. You know, there's be sometimes that will be in the uh, middle of Gainesville and still have no cell service. Um, and that's what a lot of people rely on nowadays is a mobile uh, network to connect uh, for whether it be work or uh, remote uh, learning, uh, even even online schooling. But it's uh, it's gotten better. And now we've even been able to uh, broadcast our games because of it. And um, and then also hold uh, different activities, um, even even out at the school. Uh, we've hosted uh, different events to be able to showcase uh, the technologies going on in the ag program, but also in the school to where we're getting uh, kids certified in different technologies uh, with uh, Microsoft and uh, other different uh, platforms uh, that they can now get a certification through the education system. How are your other sports doing there? Because you do have you mentioned a moment ago an athletic director. Um, what, what's your uh, arrangement on your other sports? What do you do? Yeah, so it's nice. Um, our, our softball team's doing great. Uh, they're uh, redoing a lot of things out there. They're rebuilding out there as well too. Our uh, volleyball is playing right now. Uh, they're, they're doing well and they're starting to see a lot more girls start try out, um, as well as, uh, cheerleading. Cheerleading is a huge uptick. 
Uh, we got a large following there. Uh, the girls show up every um, every Friday night and then um, as well during basketball season as well, too. And um, they're, they're really getting bought in. And it's just giving more people um, motivation uh, for coming to school, being a part of something. Baseball program, which is near and dear to my heart as a former player and coach, um, we have a lot of renovations going on out there as well, too. And even people that are involved that haven't been involved in the past. And so we're redoing the field. trying. To, it's been actually 20 years uh, since we built the new dugouts uh, that are no longer new. They're 20 years old in the irrigation system and redoing the field, the sod that was out there, uh, updating the irrigation system. So the, uh, we put that in the ground, spent about probably what would have cost easily uh, $200,000, $300,000 to build those college level dugouts uh, and the improvements to the backstops to the baseball and softball fields and the irrigation system um, and have to come back now and replace the valves, the guts to the valves, the um, the actual sprinkler heads, the uh, the reducers to give you the volume uh, to be able to spray and cover everywhere uh, and then get the grass that's out there. And then we always have, seems like no matter where I go, we have uh, issues with transportation and the culvert that goes underneath the right field of the baseball field that comes from the county road uh, that we constantly have to fill in because there's uh, uh, seepage, I guess, uh, between the joints. And so it erodes in our right field, but we're constantly trying to repair that. So seems I remember that story somewhere hearing that. Um, and, and that's, 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 uh, not uh anomaly that's probably um you know um you mentioned the women's sports i'm glad to hear that because i'm also a big women's softball fan yeah and i i just think it's an exciting sport and a lot of uh young women can participate and um so i've been i've been uh interested in that so uh, well and two you know softball is coming along but i i can't leave out you know, everybody, when you have historically talked about Hawthorne, you've always talked about our uh, our basketball teams. And the girls and boys basketball teams are second to none in the area and, and in the state, uh, winning champion state championships, uh, three state championships in the past five years, I believe it's been. Um, so, and the girls have been responsible for two of those, and the boys have been there every year, uh, giving good chase to it. And actually, Greg Bowie, who is the brother of uh, Cornelius Ingram, um, he's, he's the head coach there and CI is the coach of the girls basketball. And so we've redone the, the boys locker room, uh, with the new graphics. And now we're trying to redo the girls locker room with their state championship graphics as well, too. Um, and so that's when we, when we say the Hawthorne QB club, they're also doing that. So we're having people donate, uh, for that as well, too, which was probably, uh, easily $15,000 worth of material for that. And then an additional probably 10 or 15 uh, to be able to do the work um, that's been taking place in there. Got our phone line open if you want to uh, call in. I've got a couple of questions that have come in on other uh, computer here. What um, is the uh, number, the, the players, one of the questions is the players play both ways uh, at Hawthorne. I'm sure they do. Do they not? Yeah. So, you know, before we used to dress like 18 kids and kids had to play both ways. Um, now we have uh, we're blessed to have uh, more people showing up, more people trying out. Uh, and so everybody doesn't have to play both ways, but we do have talented kids that do play both ways. And uh, so 
there there are a lot of the same names that are play on both sides of the ball. But we do have uh, more people that are allowing, uh, especially like our quarterback, to get rest, but also to come off the field and get coached at the same time, too, and then have a good rotation of fresh guys coming in. And so people want to know, what is the senior class size, for example, of Hawthorne? So our senior class size, you know, has been in the past in the 30s. Uh, now we're getting up close to the 50s. Um, you know, whenever I was in school, our our middle school class was like 120 kids, 130 kids in our eighth grade. But as soon as ninth grade hit, they left and they went to a magnet program somewhere else in the county or transferred to another school. Now we're starting to see those kids staying back and staying part of uh, Hawthorne uh, High School and continuing on to the ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. The nice part about Hawthorne Middle High School is when you're in sixth grade, you can start participating in uh, athletics at Hawthorne. So if you're good enough, you can actually play varsity as a sixth grader if you wanted to. Um, but most of the time they end up playing um, eighth grade. Uh, we'll trot out some eighth graders out there that are just uh, able to compete at that level and uh, play against varsity kids just because they're that talented. Magnet school, you got one there at Hawthorne? Yes, sir. We have our first magnet program um, with the ag program. And so the nice part about that is now kids, uh, it has a transportation component with it. Uh, but also they can, uh, you know, qualify for the Gold Seal Scholarship, uh, Bright Futures, get some certifications um, and be able to be part of the ag program, be able to learn about public speaking, be able to take some leadership roles in the state and still do athletics and still do these other uh, components as well, too. So it's uh it's a neat neat environment that people can be a part of. We have actually the campus, uh, the the ag center on campus that they can learn um, from other people's animals, or they can have their own animal as well too, with a swine or the steer or even breeding animals uh, that you don't have to uh, uh, have processed at the end of the the school year. Well, with Matt Sirens, we've got about ten more minutes with Matt, and we've been having a thorough discussion about. Hawthorne in particular, rural life, rural schools, and uh, people coming back to the school and giving back to the community, which, as far as I can tell, Hawthorne is probably the best example of that around here right now. Although we do have Ian Scott, who came back to GHS. Uh, we've got Willie Jackson, who came back to PK. Uh, once upon a time, the athletic director of PK was John Clifford, did a great job there, good friend of mine. And uh, when you get up to the, you know, I don't, I've forgotten how big the size of the class is at, say, Buholtz or somewhere. But you get up that big, you've got a, a tremendously different environment, uh, culture than you do in many ways at, at Hawthorne. And, um, yet, uh, um, the, 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 the system has been sort of adjusted to where mostly people of like size and skills play each other. That's what we covered in the early part of the show. Perhaps you weren't tuned in. That's always was a problem. I think once upon a time, um, you'd have to go really somewhere else to find somebody your size to play. And um, the bigger you were, the harder it was. So how many rural communities, um, sort of speak in the circle do you think there are, Matt? You mentioned Bushnell, you mentioned um, Interlock and who won't play you for some reason. What do you think we got? 
Yeah, so we have like Union County, uh, they're, they're rural, even though whenever I was in school, they were class three and we were class one. Um, but you still have schools like that, Williston, uh, Bronson, Branford, uh, Mayo. Uh, so you have all these Dixie County, uh, you know, different schools like that that are real similar to Hawthorne um, that we now are faced against. But there's also no, no system's going to be perfect. Uh, we still have the issues with like a, a Madison County that, uh, you know, normally is like a, would be like a 5A type school is now somehow categorized as a 1A because they only count the kids that show up on campus. And, um, you know, I oh, think really? nowadays FHSAA, if they, if they really wanted to look at it, they would go by, uh, how many kids they, uh, they, they turn in for, for their, um, uh, funding. Uh, so if they count them as part of their funding, then, uh, they should count them as part of their classification. Um, and that, that might make a little bit of a difference, but, uh, but it's, it's different in Hawthorne. You know, Hawthorne is a rural, um, rural community, but we also have, uh, you know, economic issues as well, too. Uh, we've kind of been left out, uh, of the equation. And so we have to do things different. Even whenever back whenever I was coaching, we had to do things different at baseball. We couldn't rely on kids just coming out and paying their fair share, their dues, uh, required $200, $300 for every kid to pay. We had to go out and raise money. So we sell turkeys and hams. We sell uh, chicken dinners. We sell different things. We have different ways that we get creative to try and raise money. Uh, so that's really what, what we do as a, a community to try and help support these programs. Um and, you know, at some other places, they would just write a check and that's it. But we have to be a little more creative than that. That's pretty interesting. That's really the sort of the story behind the story is the assumptions that people see on Friday night that everything is hunky dory. Uh, there's a big effort that went into making that happen. And it looks to me like it's um, um, symbiotic. I mean, it's kind of each part feeds off the other part, which is good. That would be the way you'd want it. And it's primarily due to this coach we've been talking about, Cornelius Ingram, who is a hometown guy who's come back and has invested in the community. So uh, I wanted to sort of feature that on the show today. Uh, I wanted to make you aware that these things do exist. Uh, Is there any place else that you guys play or do you play Union County, by the way? Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, we'll actually play Union County. Uh, we play them actually at home this year on October 13th. We'll play against also North Marion, who's right up the road in Citra, a bigger do school you, than do us. You beat, you, do you beat Union County? Well, we actually beat them in a, in a nail-biter last year, uh, wow. but they're always a tough school. They're always a tough school. Oh, yeah, they're tough. They're tough. Mm-hmm. Union County. Are the, how many of these schools do you think are sprinkled around your area? 10, 12, 15? Uh, yeah, there's probably there, especially in in North Florida. There's a lot of smaller schools like us that are around here. So I, I, I would guess easily a couple dozen. Well, that makes that makes competitive. Anyway, you got something to play. Something. Is anybody else? Maybe you can't answer this, but have the same sort of setup you got with the community buy-in and all that, or they've been established, or do you know? Or what I'm trying to get at is. Hawthorne different and special. <clears throat> well, Hawthorne certainly special. I, I I would be biased and say that. Um, and, and we're different. Uh, there's a lot of different characteristics that make us different. Um, but 
there's other other communities that do it and do it and you know what works for them. Uh, some of them have existing boosters that have long been there for a long period of time and they contribute uh, and, and raise money that way. Um, but we've we've kind of gotten creative and almost like a, a crowdsourcing method uh, by doing the cash out, by doing uh, getting uh, people involved, doing the broadcast, trying to bring uh, people that have moved away and uh, served our country and have established their roots uh, somewhere else. Uh, we try and still get them involved. So during our Friday night broadcast, we see where people are at. They're across the country in Oklahoma and Colorado, up in uh, uh, Illinois or, uh, you know, up in Maine. We even had some people tuning in. So it's uh, it's it's neat to see that and to see that the Hornet Nation, you know, is still uh, we're still all connected, intertwined. Uh, and they really want to be engaged and be part of what's going on uh, in Hawthorne and the resurgence of that. As you know, there's a whole bunch of people in the community making a difference, and uh, and, and it's good to just see that coming together. And you alluded briefly to the east side of the county being greatly different from the west side, and that's not all bad. I think things are going to get so crowded and so furious and intense on the west side that the quality of life is going to disappear. I, I don't. I think it's going to erode. You know, Jonesville, for example, Matt, as you know. Um, that's become the epicenter practically of the county. And there's so much development there that I don't think the arterial system is going to be able to comfortably handle it. Uh, so there's something to be said for the quiet life of the eastern side of the county and out where you are in Hawthorne. Although I know that the powers that beat it, everything they could to keep you from growing much out there in the not too distant past. Um, but, um, as I say, that might not be all bad. So yeah, and you know, especially you know, there there's not a necessarily a right way or wrong way. It matters what works best for us. Um, and you know, I think in Hawthorne, uh, we've done a, a great job of trying to keep that uh, the the culture of the community in place, um, and have uh, if we do have growth, have control growth, and have. Um, some sense of maintaining the character of what makes us special while we come here. You know, we don't want to be one of those places that you, you move to because you like it, but then people come here and they try and change it and make it back like where they came from. And that makes no sense at all. So that may work for some communities and that's perfectly fine. Uh, But we like the rural characteristic of Hawthorne, but we just want to have the same uh, opportunities as far as uh, kids uh, wanting to, grow up and raise their family, have a community for a lifetime. So go to school in Hawthorne, uh, go off to college, come back and uh, raise their own families and have job opportunities as well, too, whether it's in Hawthorne or adjacent to Hawthorne. Well, we've been talking to Matt Cernsey today, who's the former mayor of uh, Hawthorne, family ties going way back there, and is uh, very much involved now with the athletic world there and the community and building the character of those young people. Ladies and gentlemen, both sides of the aisle there who are participating in the various sports and, of course, the ag programs, which uh, I think are special in that part of the world and need to be sustained and protected and uh, become a basis of the whole lifestyle of that area. Um, Matt, I really appreciate you coming by today. Um, I, I'm going to watch tonight. You're going to broadcast the PK game, are you not? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll be live. It'll be on my Facebook page. We'll tag uh, Hawthorne uh, Quarterback Club and uh, several other things as well, too. But uh, look forward to people to join us and uh, hope they donate to the uh, Cash App Hawthorne QB Club or 
if you have any other ideas of being engaged, we'd uh, certainly be open to that. Just reach out to me and we'll figure out how to how to get you involved. Well, that sounds great. Listen, y'all have a great weekend. The Gators have kind of a soft game tomorrow. I suppose you could call it that. You got a, they got a couple of youngins who are sitting out for misbehaving at the end of the Tennessee game, at least the first half. Um, but if they're going to sit out, this is the game for them to sit out. So um, uh, supposedly it's another full house at 7 o'clock tomorrow night for the Gators. Now, Matt, you used to announce them, didn't you? Yeah, so I did some announcing for the uh, uh, women's soccer. And then for the football, I did the uh, spotting for Mick Hubert and uh, Sean Kelly. So uh, now, now for Sean Kelly. And uh, I, I retired this year. So along with getting rid of my uh, political stuff, I've uh, – cut back on a lot of things and got to actually spend some time with family and taking them to the game. So we're looking forward to that. Well, you certainly have had a, uh, a good life and involved in a lot of different things that are important to the society around here. Have a great day. All you guys who are uh, tuned in, you uh, students who tuned in today and, and uh, be aware of some of the things that are going on with these high school programs and these young people, a lot happening there and they need all the support you can give them. Matt, thanks so much, and uh, thanks, production, for helping us today. And Wardog Command Center out.